Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, I'm speaking with Shirley Weir. She is on a mission to empower women to navigate perimenopause and menopause with confidence and ease. She is the founder of menopausechicks.com and its popular private online community. And she recently published her first book, Mokita, which reached number one on Amazon.ca in the Women's Health in October 2018. Shirley, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rebecca. So what inspired you to put this book together? Oh, my goodness. Well, the whole Menopause Chicks journey and the journey to publishing Mokita was inspired by my own experience. Um, uh, when I was 39, I, pro- I was probably 39 when I started to experience changes that I knew absolutely nothing about. And they ebbed and flowed for a couple of years. And by the time I was 41... I turned to Dr. Google and uh, was very frustrated with what I found there. There was lots of confusing and, and conflicting information. And even my own uh, visit to my GP was frustrating as well. I thought it was going to be sort of this enlightening conversation. And I ended up walking out thinking it, either it was all in my head or that I was all alone and I really didn't have a community or a place to go for trustworthy information. And so I created it. <laughs> um, yeah. And- well, you know, I, I, I love that you did. I think, um, you know, I did a, a few shows last year um, on women's health and um I I'm very aware that there's gaps in our our healthcare and in the knowledge that we have, and yeah. and it brought forward yeah. knowing how much there is a gap in women's health. You know, a lot of studies are done on on white men, and so we're kind of uh-huh. left in the lurch and and told that what we're experiencing is normal. And I always correct people and tell them what you're experiencing is common, but it's not necessarily normal, and what you're supposed to be going through. Oh, I just got goosebumps because that <laughs> is my mantra. <laughs> I don't use the word normal. Um, for that reason, you know, it, it's better to say it's common. But the other reason is that if we ever tell, if you ever tell a woman that it's normal or that it's just part of being a woman or that she has to suck it up, she's going to put her own health on the back burner rather than, you know, coming forward and saying, hmm, I think, you know, I'm getting some tap taps here. There's some things I should pay attention to. So I never tell uh, anyone that what they're experiencing is, quote, normal. But it is common. You're absolutely right. You know, I have this um, this vision that came from um, one of the books. I think it was by Maya Dusenberry, and um, it, it, she said there's these online communities, and I think yours is probably in there where women are are afraid to come forward with how they're feeling, and they can't get help, and they're afraid of mm. losing their partners, and they're afraid that their yep. pain is is in the way of their relationship and their job and their life, and and they're frustrated, and and you know this 
completely resonates with me all the time because I don't think that that's the way it's supposed to be. I think if if somebody's in pain and they're uncomfortable or in or whatever is going on, they should be taken seriously. And and more often than not, especially menopause or women's health problems aren't treated that way. You know, pain is normal through your menstrual cycle or you're supposed to experience that and and what we don't understand is we're, we're not supposed to experience most of what we do for most of our lives. It's so true. And the the four words that I type the most in the menopause chicks community are, you are not alone. And I really, what I've found is uh, after thousands of conversations, I've found that first and foremost, women need to be validated. They need sort of that permission slip that says, hey, you're not alone, and there are solutions. In many cases, there are easy solutions so that you can enjoy quality of life. But the first thing that we have to do is to make sure that women understand that they deserve the quality of life, and, and they almost like literally need to be handed a permission slip that says, you're not, you know, this isn't a synonym for suffering, right? Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for you to um, take care of yourself before you can take care of others and to invest in your health, whether you're in midlife, you know, whether you're 35 or 45 or 55 or 65, it's never too early or too late to invest in your health because we're all kind of, you know, shooting for that, uh, that hundred, you know, the hundredth the birthday as our finish line. So what we do now is really important uh, as an investment for how we're going to get there. I definitely agree with that. I mean, really, it's I, I think um, the, the quantity of life isn't as important as the quantity. And most exactly. people spend the last decade of their life sick and uncomfortable, oh. you know, and, and there's so much that we can do about it, which is why I do this show um, that, you, you know, so we, right. we have more power over our health than we think. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can you tell us what uh, the title of your book means, Mokita? I'm sure. Uh, so Mokita is a word from Papua New Guinea, uh, the Kavila tribe to be exact, and it means the truth we all know but choose not to speak of. And so I find in North America, most of us refer to that as the elephant in the room. And menopause is certainly, um, in my personal experience, and a lot of the, the circles that I've been since I started Menopause Chicks even, Uh, menopause is very much the elephant in the room. We all know that it's coming, but even, you know, when I launched Menopause Chick, I had close girlfriends that were shoving their hands in my face, like, you know, in the shape of a stop sign saying, whoa, Shirley, I'm not there yet. You know, don't post anything on my Facebook page. I don't want to talk about it. And, um, and that's when I knew that I kind of, I think I had gotten onto something you know, there's, there's a topic here that really needs to be brought out of the closet and discussed, uh, the earlier the better. And um, I don't know about you, Rebecca, but I do have uh, two children and um, I'm, you know, was passionate about making sure that they knew what changes they could expect going into puberty. I would never leave them sort of like, oh, surprise, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and so, but why do we do, why do women do that to themselves? There are women waking up in their mid forties or early fifties and they're surprised by the changes that are coming. So, um, I really, you know, I discovered the word Mokita. Uh, I was really inspired by the story, uh, from the Kavila tribe because they actually measure 
the health of their community based on the number of mosquitoes that they have. So they're measuring the health of the community based on the number of those things that they need to talk about, that they need to bring out to uh, the center of the community and say, how healthy are we? Uh, We need to talk about this. Well, you know, we we are definitely, we don't like to talk about any of this. I know my mom tried to change that for me, um, but her parents didn't talk about anything. So there was this huge gap on on knowledge on that end. She didn't know how old her mom was when she went through menopause. She didn't know what had happened. Um, And so she she changed that for me and she was very open about everything. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I I notice, um, especially because I'm okay with talking about everything, that that there is gaps and you know even among just girlfriends those conversations don't happen so we're left going is what I'm experiencing normal and and who do I talk about this because my my doctor says I'm okay but I don't feel okay and it's complex you know it crosses over like I wrote a book on perimenopause and menopause, but it crosses over into other mojitas, such as, you know, personally, it crossed over into my marriage, my money, my mental health, right? So there's all of these things that are really mojitas in our society, and, um, and not talking about it keeps us from getting informed and keeps us from being prepared for the changes that are going to happen. Well, and I, I think this is why you started that that online community so that people could yeah. feel comfortable in a safe place to talk about it and they could have those yeah. conversations with someone going through the same thing that could help guide them with their own experiences. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, yeah, so from, from other communities as well, I, I feel like this is where we are getting our information. Sometimes it also feels like our, our doctors are lacking, you know, the knowledge of, of what to do and what's normal. And, and, you know, when somebody's going through menopause, I tell them it, or they think they are, they're going through perimenopause. I tell them it might be important to get some testing done to confirm that because some symptoms yeah. can be something else. And then they go it to their doctor and the doctor says, no, you're fine. Well, so this is a a really important conversation to have. Um, We often quickly get to the topic of our doctors. In our community, we'll have women that join the community specifically because they are confused or frustrated based on their last conversation with their doctor. The reality is for your listeners to kind of maybe have a paradigm shift around this is that perimenopause and menopause are not ailments or diseases and our physicians are educated based on understanding how to treat certain body parts or certain ailments or conditions Um, and so it's confusing because women will go to their doctor thinking that their doctor has all the answers and the reality is uh, menopause is mentioned like in under an hour when doctors are in medical school learning about the female reproductive system unless they have invested their own time and money to take additional training and education in women's health. So it's, I always tell women like we, we have to stop going to the hardware store to get milk. We have mm-hmm. to understand what the physician or the healthcare professional in front of us has in their toolkit. And it's okay, it's perfectly okay to ask your doctor, do you have experience? Do you have education? Tell me about how you've worked with other women who are na- trying to navigate perimenopause. It's okay to ask those questions. 
Well, it, it, it's interesting that, you know, something that happens to 50% of the population is given an hour of training in medical school. And it, 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 you know, it can I be very uncomfortable amazing. and women do need help or at least just sometimes just the education to understand what's happening so they can feel better about that's it. Right. But, but you know, right. that that's pretty significant to me that, that we're not giving the time and energy that we need to women and, and, and to the knowledge about our bodies. I think this is why so many women feel like there's a huge gap when they go trying to get help for, for the chronic conditions or, or just the normal everyday life that they're going through. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, we talk about this. I, I talk about this sort of thinking about two di- separate generations. So if a woman is listening to this podcast right now and she's experiencing, you know, she's not experiencing the ultimate in quality of life and wants to have a conversation with her doctor, you know, we coach women and we try to empower them to how to build a midlife health team um, and that it's okay to have those, ask those questions and, and that they deserve to build a health team that's going to uh, be right for them. But then when I think about my daughter, who's going to be 16 this year, I imagine that by the time she reaches midlife, that perhaps that education um, will have changed, right? We will have evolved. And um, I look forward to I look forward to that vision being realized, quite honest. <laughs> I, I certainly hope so. Um, well, I, I think it is, might also be important for us to actually talk about what perimenopause and menopause are. Sure. sure. Uh, so menopause is one day, um, and that might be news for some people because we've often, many of us have grown up thinking menopause is a death sentence or a long phase of life or something that we go through. But actually menopause is the the 12 month anniversary of your final period. Um, And 12 months was actually set arbitrarily. We have to point out that every woman's journey is unique and different. So it might be eight months for you and it might be 14 months for me. But as a general rule, after you have not had a period for 12 months, you reach menopause. The phase of life leading up to that day is called perimenopause. And again, different for everyone, but uh, as a general, well, and it's not really, it's quite a large span, but five to 15 years of hormone fluctuation um, defines perimenopause. Now, um, lots of women will also refer to, oh, I'm not in perimenopause yet because I, have, I don't have any symptoms. And symptoms is another word that I try not to use because um, 20% of women actually fail through perimenopause uh, without any experiences, um, any negative experiences. And 20% of women do have their worlds rocked upside down by those hormone fluctuations. So um, as estrogen and progesterone starts to fluctuate, some women will experience things like breast tenderness, changes to their period, quite common. It either becomes shorter, longer, heavier, or lighter. Um, and then there are other experiences that um, women might notice, such as sleep deprivation or anxiety or changes to their mood or PMS for the first time. Um, and then, yeah, and then they reach menopause. And for many women those experiences will decline uh, or 
uh, disappear after menopause. And then for some women, uh, they continue through menopause, uh, through post-menopause, which is every day after that anniversary date. So um, a lot of that sounds also like everyday life to a lot of women already. It does, Um, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, so not sleeping and being moody and having hormone fluctuations. I mean, for some people, this is, you know, starts at puberty and goes, you know, through their whole life. Um, And and, and at the same time, they're also still getting the same help that the women going through menopause are that we talked about, where it's not very taken very seriously. Um, so it's important to know, is there a certain age where this starts to happen or does that vary as well? It does vary. As I mentioned, um, perimenopause can be five to 15 years leading up to menopause. Um, the other thing that's really important to note is that the term perimenopause was coined in 19. So you mentioned sort of the discrepancy in women's health research and and so on, like there is not a ton of research yet on perimenopause. It's pretty new. Um, And even some of our healthcare professionals were educated before perimenopause was even coined. So um, it's an interesting phenomenon, as you point out, that, you know, women's health and the experiences that we go through right from puberty uh, through our childbearing years and through perimenopause to menopause, it's fascinating that we don't know a ton about it. Um, and the other thing that I would just um, insert into this particular conversation is that while you might your hormones start might might start fluctuating at 35 to you know four, or your early 40s, it's a very difficult conversation to have with a woman at that age if she is still um, having her babies. Mm-hmm. And I found, you know, you know, if you're not done having your children, um, it's pretty difficult to get women to read a book or listen to a podcast on perimenopause. Well, yeah, I can understand that. And women are having children later and and later. Exactly. So, you know, and we're talking about this starting, you know, mid-40s and women are starting when they're in their 40s. Um, it might not yep. be something they want to acknowledge at that point. Absolutely. And we, you know, and not their fault. I mean, we haven't really educated our society on how to prepare for these life phases, have we? No, no, we we haven't at all. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk. We're going to pick this up when we get back. We're talking today with Shirley Weir and we're discussing her book, Mokita. We'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking to Shirley Weir, and we're discussing her book, Mokita. So, Shirley, I know a lot of this started out of your own experience. Um, do you mind telling us what happened when, when you went through perimenopause and menopause? Sure. Um, I think the very first change that I noticed was sore breasts when I was 39, and I thought I was pregnant, although I could, there was no possibility that I could be because <laughs> my husband had had a vasectomy. Um, and I was like, well, I, I didn't, I wasn't prepared for this experience. So that was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, and then it kind of went away. And uh, around the time that I was 41, it came back, but it also came back um, with some sleep deprivation for the first time in my life and some PMS for the first time in my life and some anxiety and depression. And, um, and I was an entrepreneur. I was running my own business. I had two small kids and I had my aging mother living with us at the time. And I was waking up every day at, you know, 3 a.m. Um, and at some point during that phase of life, I, you know, I remember turning to Dr. Google and, uh, and, being very frustrated with what I found there. I was very confused. The information was conflicting, and I was also really ticked off that there was all these pop-up ads for how to lose my belly fat because I thought, really, is this how we're talking to women about getting informed and being proactive with their own health? Um, you know, I'm a smart, savvy woman. I like to consume my information online, um, but it's not about weight, right? It's not about belly fat. It's about my mental health and my physical health and being as informed as I possibly can. So um, I did go to my doctor at some point. I thought it was, you know, I love my doctor. She's amazing. Uh, she delivered both my kids. Um, and I just, I explained to her, I think I'm experiencing the first signs of menopause. I didn't even know the term perimenopause then. And um, unfortunately, or fortunately, because it kind of led me down this path, but she uh, she offered me birth control pills, sleeping pills, and Prozac. 
as the menu of options that I had. And I wasn't interested in any of those. You know, I just really wanted to take care of myself and and to learn about what was happening in my body. So that ignited my own research and uh, and led me to developing this community. Well, you know, for me, this is something that, you know, we all, all women naturally go through and to be offered Prozac for a natural process seems a little scary to me. And and I know that there's a lot of mental health um, issues that can come along with yeah. the hormone changes, but at, at the same yeah. time, you know, sometimes even the understanding of what's happening can help a lot of that. And for, for that to be the first go-to is here's some Prozac and we're just going to cover this all up is it's, it's scary yeah. to me. I need to point out that uh, the menopause tricks community is, you know, we, we try to maintain a judgment-free zone. Um, so if you have done your research, if you have been diagnosed with a mental illness, um, if you believe that antidepressants are going to be what you, you require, uh, either, you know, as a temporary fix or you've had the, the well-informed conversations with your doctor, that's fine. What I'm saying to women is get informed and choose the journey that's right for you. And for me, a birth control pill, sleeping pills, or antidepressants were not on my menu of options. Well, and, and you know, you're, you're absolutely right. There, there is a place for, for everything. And I, and I say that all the yeah. time. Um, I, I, yeah, I just think that it's um, it almost seems like um, a way that women are often treated where we don't want to deal with this. So so we're going to, yeah. instead of going down the complicated road of figuring out what you need, we're going to cover up some of the symptoms. And, and you know, if if um, antidepressants are something you need in that journey, I think that, that you definitely should. Um, I just think maybe understanding what's happening before you you know, give out a bunch of medication is important, but you do talk about that in your book as well. Rebecca, I use a lot of, I use a lot of car analogies and uh, the one that really kind of resonated for me is, you know, when the engine light was coming on for me, right. It was like that engine light was flashing on the dash and I looked at, you know, the option of birth control pills or sleeping pills as someone putting duct tape over that engine light. And Mm -hmm. I eventually started working with a nurse practitioner who gave me just a ton of education and information and support. And she helped me lift the lid and look at what the root cause was, which was, you know, really, (laughs) besides the fact that I had fluctuating hormones at the time, I was also burnt out. Mm. I burned myself out. And it was that raising awareness of how important us, you know, how I move, eat, move, sleep, and manage stress was going to be uh, to my quality of life. Well, it, 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 that's, that's important. I want to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about what is actually happening when we're going through menopause. We all know hormones change. Um, and, yes. and do we understand exactly what's happening? Do we understand? Yeah, with the hormones and, and what women are experiencing. Well, it's, it, again, it's just such a unique journey. There is no map. There is no roadmap. There's no way to say to a woman, this will happen and then this will happen. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a really important conversation to have as well because a lot of the media and marketing and even medical information around perimenopause and menopause, it almost 
subliminally leads us to think, oh, somebody out there has a magic wand. They have the formula. Um, and there isn't. There's really only your journey. And it's like solving a Rubik's Cube. It, there's so many facets to it. There's so many sides. So, you know, if you're not taking care of, for example, how you sleep, then that's going to possibly affect uh, your quality of life. And then there's, you know, there's um, the sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, but there's also cortisol. There's your thyroid. There's many women who are low in iron. And, and the experiences associated with being low in iron cause things like brain fog, and, uh, and you might be blaming, you know, fluctuating estrogen or progesterone for that brain fog. So um, there's, it's complex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Well, it, it definitely is complex, and, and what every woman experiences is different as well. Because as you said, twenty women yeah. sail through it, and they're just done, and you know they go on with their lives. And and most women yep. experience something, but it's not always yep. the straight up. I've got hot flashes for for a few months, and then it, yeah. it's over. Or um, you know, like you said, there can be the the depression and and brain fog and fatigue. And um, you know, for you, it was obvious hormone fluctuation and the burnout and we're all different and what led us up to that point in our lives is different as well it's so true and you know uh, it's important to point out that like just a hundred years ago at the turn of the last century women didn't live much beyond 50 like we are the first generation to reach midlife and have another 50 years to plan for So, you know, a century ago, women were having their babies when they were, you know, in their late teens, early 20s. Um, Now, as you just, you know, mentioned, we've we've pushed that timeline ahead 20 years. Um, But, you know, going through this phase of life and, and thriving on the other side of it, it's relatively a new phenomenon. So you use the word root cause. Is it, what, mm. what do you mean by that? Well, I mean that, you know, it's very important for women to work with a health team or a health practitioner to identify what it is that is causing their, quote, symptoms. So many women will come to our community or walk into their physician's office and they'll say, you know, I'm just not feeling myself anymore. Or they might identify with labels such as, you know, mood changes or depression or anxiety, or maybe it's headaches for the first time in their life. Um, and it's, it's important that they have a health team that wants to look for the root cause as opposed to a Band-Aid solution. So, I, I mean, mo- cause, most people just assume that that the, that oh, the root cause of menopause would be hormone fluctuations and you need hormone replacement therapy and, and to move on from that. But what you're saying is there's more than that going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't use the phrase root cause for menopause. I mean, every, yeah. every woman that lives long enough will reach menopause. It's a day on the calendar. Um and I don't actually say symptoms of perimenopause or symptoms of menopause either because it's neither an ailment or a disease, but mm-hmm. there are, uh, for some women, symptoms of hormone fluctuation or hormone decline. 
Okay. And so um, who do you have on your team? So you said you saw a nurse practitioner. So so just to give us an example of what it would look like if you're needing help going through this process, um, what did you do to to become more comfortable? Yeah, so I met a nurse practitioner um, who um, specialized in hormone balance. And uh, and then I really reached this age, I guess, if you will, where I was like, hmm, I can no longer pour from this empty cup. I need to be taking care of myself. And so I started doing things like going for regular massages. Uh, I invited a naturopath onto my team uh, in addition to my doctor. And they worked together, um, which is, you know, I think it's a huge blessing for, for my health. Um, I met a integrative pharmacist and he gave me so much information on, um, on things that my body might be missing, you know, um, at this phase of life, especially because I, you know, admitted to being burnt out. And so, you know, the importance of, of taking for me, vitamin B, C, D, uh, omega threes, uh, magnesium and, um, and, you know, I'm one of those people I like to go to the chiropractor and I also like I'm interested in, you know, what uh, yoga and meditation had to offer, too. So I kind of built my midlife health team around things and, and case studies that resonated for me. And I encourage women to do the same for them. You might not be interested in yoga, but you might be interested in some other form of strength building or mindfulness practice. And that's great get informed and do what's right for you. Well, and and the the big key I got in there, um, although you didn't use the term in that conversation, but but it was it was self care. So you were burned yeah. out. So you also had to take a step back. I'm guessing and kind of go, okay, what do I need to do for myself so that I can feel better about what's going on so and true. just how you're feeling. I had to do a lot of self-talk, Rebecca. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I had for well, probably the first time in my life, I was telling myself, um, this is important. You're important. Um, you know, your kids will be fine, but you got to go take care of yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's important. I think that's important at any age. Um, you know, we're, yeah. we are in a society of go, 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 and we put different stress on our boys and girls but uh, and on each other, but but the stress is still there, and we're, we're burning out and um, and not enjoying our lives. And then if you get to that, that point where you're going through these changes and you realize it's never been about you, I think that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's about, I think, opening up the possibility of paradigm shifts. So I'll tell you one paradigm shift I had. And when I first, I'm, I was self-employed. I've run a marketing, my own marketing company for the last 18 years. And when I first started waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, this sounds so silly now that I, ha- I admit it, but I told myself I was gifted. I was like, wow, look at you. You're so lucky. You can get up and work. You can work for three and a half hours before your kids wake up. And then I did that for a long period of time before I hit the wall. And I didn't even realize at the time that it was, you know, problems with my cortisol. And the reason that I was waking up at the middle, in the middle of the night um, was because, you know, my adrenals were starting to be tapped and I wasn't taking good care of myself. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't have my own name at the top of the to-do list. So it's really, for me, it was about having that paradigm shift that um, that I wasn't gifted after all and that I needed to uh, have a little look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and slow down. And, you know, what a, a great gift you've given your children because it, if you're starting to do this for yourself, you're also just by example teaching them before they burn out and get to that point where you did, that it is important I to take care so. of yourself. I hope so. Yeah. Like yeah, you put, a, you put on your own life vest first, right? <laughs> That's true. It's like an old cliche, but it it is so important to emphasize that uh, for women and for everyone. For everyone, for sure. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Shirley Weir, and we're discussing her book, Mokita. We'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Everybody, welcome back. Today we're talking with Shirley Weir and we're discussing her book, Mokita. So Shirley, one thing I think is important to talk about, um, especially because people haven't talked about menopause and marrying menopause for so long, is what are some of the myths that are associated with this stage of life? There are a lot of myths and misconceptions, Rebecca, and I find that a lot of the conversations I have are around debunking those myths or helping women unlearn uh, those generational um, uh, labels that we've assigned to menopause. Um, You know, if I say menopause in a room, I can see the thought bubbles go up above people's heads and they say things like hot, old, tired, bitchy, fat, right? They're all negative labels. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that uh, while some women do suffer, um, that there are easy solutions, there are ways for them to uh, regain or retain their quality of life. And why not replace those labels with things like smart, wise, 
beautiful, confident, so that we can actually raise the next generation uh, to a point where they're looking forward to midlife and even wanting to celebrate menopause. So that's, you know, the labels definitely are uh, part of the, the myths that we need to eradicate, in my opinion. And, um, and then, you know, media and marketers have put a lot of images in front of us that are not that appealing. If you Google perimenopause and, and click on images, I guarantee you right now you're going to see pictures of gray-haired women holding fans. And, um, and what that does is it kind of perpetuates this myth that hot flashes are the first sign of menopause, when in reality uh, the first sign of perimenopause is what we really need to help women get informed about uh, before they reach their late 30s. Um, you know, the things like I mentioned, the breast tenderness or the changes to their period uh, might be, you know, their first signs of perimenopause. And, and then we have commercials, you know, that say that, um, that incontinence is a foregone conclusion. Uh, there are commercials on television that say it's just part of being a woman, that you will pee when you sneeze, cough, or laugh, and that's a myth. We're not meant to pee our pants. Um, and so, you know, it really helps to raise awareness around the importance of strengthening our pelvic floor and, uh, and that those um, experiences, while they might be common, that there are things that we can do to, um, to reverse those conditions, um, vaginal health, uh, vaginal dryness is something that does not get enough airtime when we talk about this. And I think, you know, the myth is that, oh, women don't want to have sex anymore after menopause or in midlife. And what we want to say is that there's lots of sex in midlife and beyond, but, you know, we need to take care of our vaginal health just like we take care of all of our other body parts. So those are some of the myths. <laughs> I have a long list. Well, you know, I, I, when you, the, the conversation about sex, I, I mean, we could probably do a whole show on this, but there, yeah, there's definitely could. a huge myth around this where um, people think women don't want to have sex with their partners. I mean, not only are we hysterical, yeah. but we make up headaches and, and, and yeah. we don't want this. And what I have gathered from doing all these shows and also, you know, reading a, a lot of groups like yours is that women actually do want to be intimate with their partners. It's just that there is some thing that is in their way physically that makes it uncomfortable and and their doctor can't help them very much vaginal dryness or if people have a condition where they have pain during sex or where their hormones are fluctuating so so it, it it's not regular or something is happening but that doesn't mean that that we don't want it it means that that we need help and then the help is lacking absolutely um, it's physical and it's emotional um, women need to know that vaginal dryness after menopause, uh, so after you reach that 12 months of no period, um, it's the one thing that doesn't go away with time. So if you are on a journey where you're like, yeah, I've got hot flashes, but I'm doing okay and I'm going to ride it out, but you experience vaginal dryness, it's a, it's a 
a situation that you can't ride out, you are probably going to need some intervention. Um, and whether that intervention is, you know, em- employing a use it or lose it strategy, uh, which is we need to give women that permission slip to use it or, or lose it. Uh, we need to give women a permission slip to masturbate. We need to give women a permission slip to have the conversation with their partners so that their partners know it's not just them, but it's actually something physical and or um, emotional going on with their bodies. Well, it, it, which is a, a you know exactly where we have to start these conversations. But of course, we're all if we don't talk about this stuff, and and a lot of yeah. I, I know people even are are afraid to talk to their partners about what's going on because yeah. I, and I do think that there um, for some people is shame around changes in our bodies and shame around this area because we have been shamed for it for a very long time just in our society, and so that conversation is like, I, I think very difficult to have for some people it is difficult to have and you know it's funny when when Mokita came out last October one of the very first questions that I've got it a lot recently is uh, women were asking me when I was going to come out with a book for men and at first I thought oh that's a novel idea and then I was like this book is for men right like just hand it to him because um, women need to or men need to uh, and our partners need to understand um, the experiences that women are going through as well. Mm-hmm. Well, because it is affecting them. It is, it's affecting everybody when, when we're going through something um, on, you know, in, as, a, as partners, there is, yes. you know, something is shifting and changing and we need to know how to support each other. And so if we don't talk about yeah. it, then if we don't talk about it, our partners will assume that there's something wrong with them. And how many divorces, you know, have been the result of either those assumptions or the lack of conversation. So, yeah, exactly. When when things are changing, and especially if you're you're moody and your sex drive is changing, and now you have vaginal dryness, so sex is uncomfortable, yeah. and you don't understand what's happening because no one's ever talked about it. That can definitely shift a bit, you know, the dynamic yeah. of a relationship for sure. But the good news is that now there's podcasts that are addressing <laughs> like yours. Exactly. And you, so the, the, exactly that. Empowering. And books like yours, because we are not going to be touching <laughs> half of your book. So, um, you know, there's way more information out there of what people can do for them themselves to, you know, just go exactly. through this journey a little easier. It's quite empowering, actually, once you figure out that, oh, you know, I'm not alone and there's some easy solutions that I can take. So. So um, about 20 years ago, the Women's Health Initiative uh, came out with a quite damning report against hormone replacement therapy, um, uh, saying that the study that they had been doing showed that uh, women taking hormone therapy um, were at higher risk for breast cancer, heart disease, and stroke. Um, That made front page news, and it caused a lot of women to uh, stop their hormone therapy abruptly, uh, flush them down the toilet, they stopped doctors from prescribing, and the reality was is that um, once we lifted the hood on that particular conversation was that the age of the women in the study were significantly older than menopause, so they were in their early 60s, and, uh, and so women in their early 60s automatically 
have a higher propensity for things like breast cancer, heart disease, and stroke. So it was really quite a confusing time um, in this whole conversation because doctors then said things like they didn't believe in hormone therapy and women were showing up in doctors' offices now suddenly suffering greatly with things like hot flashes and, and other experiences and they weren't being prescribed hormone therapy. So it was, um, you know, quality of life was being impacted significantly. I will fast forward to October of 2017. So just a little over a year ago, the North American Menopause Society came out finally with a statement saying that hormone therapy is a very individualized decision. Women, um, who are within 10 years of menopause and under the age of 60 should sit down with their doctor, complete a risk assessment, and for the most part, hormone therapy is safe. Um, and it's really, in my mind, I've been on uh, hormone therapy for over two years now. My sister was on hormone therapy early because she reached menopause early, um, like in her mid-30s, and... I believe it's about giving our bodies back what we're missing mm-hmm. and, and creating that balance for, like I said, the second half of our lives. It's, it's, we're the first generation who is reaching this phase of life and we want to take care of our bone health and our brain health and our heart health going forward. So I work with my own health team. Um, it's a protocol that I've chosen and it's something that I, you know, review on a regular basis with my healthcare team. And, uh, you know, it, when it comes time to deploy an exit strategy, which I also encourage women to discuss with their health team, then I will do that. But um, just to recap, it's a very individualized uh, choice, but the North American Menopause Society deems it as safe as long as a woman is conducting a risk assessment with her health team. Well, and uh, thank you for for explaining that because I know it has been confusing for a lot of people mm-hmm. to know what direction to go in. And I think this is where you know those myths and misconceptions come in as well. And um, I'm I'm very grateful that you have put this book together so that you know 50 percent of the population can help mm-hmm. themselves in a, in a process in their lives that that is natural. Yes. Um, so how can, I know you have this online community as well as this book, how can people get a, a hold of these or join your community so they can find out more information? For sure. Our private online community is hosted on Facebook, so it's Menopause Chicks, and you can just send an invitation to join, uh, and we're at menopausechicks.com, and uh, Mokita is available on Amazon as well as Indigo Chapters in Canada, and yes, yeah, we're we look forward to cracking open the conversation and empowering as many women as possible. Well, thank you so much for being on the forefront for this. <laughs> thank you, um, Rebecca, for this opportunity. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, if anybody listening wants more information on my story or what I went through, you can find that on my blog site at dr-risk.com. We were talking today with Shirley Weir, and her book title was Mokita, and the online community is menopausechicks.com. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to make today a great day. Thank 
you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thank you.